this is the part of the podcast in which I generally play the theme song and the guitar with it. But seeing as it's a bit later in the evening than when I usually record, and since I just had a noise battle with my downstairs neighbor, I think it would behoove me to not start playing the guitar right now because I win. I won this battle. Screw you, downstairs neighbor. I won this battle. <laughs> and I'm not going to give you any ground to stand on, sir. See, is an older gentleman downstairs, almost 70 years old, like a year away. And he smokes crack sometimes. And he gets drunk sometimes. And he does not handle alcohol at all. Well, even beer. He just gets so fucking belligerent. Usually not violent, although he has almost gotten violent. Well, he has gotten violent with me a few times in the past, um, but not physical. Uh, we only came close to a physical altercation once, but um, he, he just gets belligerent and loud and boisterous. And he has uh, these fucking speakers, which are fine. He's got a couple computer speakers and one subwoofer. For those of you who don't know speakers, a subwoofer is a little wooden box. Um, well, not little, but it's about maybe a foot by a foot, like a square foot box with a speaker thing on it, you know, speaker face, and it goes boom, boom, boom. It's to get all that rumble in the bass, you know, like when you or by a car and it's like rattling the entire neighborhood. That's because that car has subwoofers in it. Well, my downstairs neighbor has two computer speakers and a subwoofer. And he has that subwoofer right next to the wall, one of the walls that, you know, support his apartment in my apartment right above his. And, um, I mean, it doesn't really, it wouldn't matter if he had that subwoofer in the middle of the room, it would still rattle this building. But since he has it up next to the wall, it even rattles that. And I, years ago, I had to go down there and get onto him so much. And he just refused to, uh, you know, even conceive that perhaps it's rattling my fucking apartment for hours upon hours for days upon days. And it's really fucking annoying. And he also has no concept of time because he doesn't have a job or anything. I mean, he's almost 70, but he hasn't had a job for decades. And, um, but he does woodworking stuff. That's all I'll say about that. But he does woodworking stuff and he has his woodworking shop in what should be his bedroom. And he has turned 
the what should be the living room into his bedroom. So his bed's in the living room. And the woodworking shop with he has these big old loud machines, you know, like woodworking machines, table saws, air compressors, an old fucking air compressor, all sorts of big fucking tools. I'm not talking handheld. I'm talking like a thousand pound fucking machine that just goes boom, 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 boom. And he cuts the fucking wood. (laughs) Meanwhile, so he can hear the music over these loud fucking machines. He turns up the bass and he's usually listening to like usually listening to smooth jazz. So the bass lines are usually very fucking boring. And I can tell earlier before I started this, because I waited an hour and a half for things to quiet down for me to be able to record this episode of which by the way is episode 50 of that thing with James J. Asher, the second I'm the host James J. Asher, the second that's me. Well, I waited for 90 minutes because it the, the, the fucking noise didn't even start until 8 p.m. on a Saturday. You had all fucking day to make all the noise and do all the work you wanted to do with the wood and the noise and the noise and the noise and the noise and the noise. But no, 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 no. He waits until 8 p.m. to get started. And uh, it started with the music. Someone, whatever smooth jazz artist he was listening to, someone in that group, someone in that jazz collective was taking that bass for a walk. Well, I wish whoever it was playing the bass took that bass for a walk off a cliff. I've literally thought of that line an hour ago as I was just laying on the bed, being very comfortable, watching some pseudo kind of sci-fi show and um, just thinking, you know, I, I, I should be recording the episode right now. Episode 50. This is a big episode for me. This is a landmark episode. I'm at a half of a hundred episodes. Holy shit. That's a, I mean, I've, I've missed a few weeks and I've had to double up on a few weeks, but essentially that's like 50 weeks worth of podcasting. That's, uh, you know, I pat myself on the back. I applaud myself. Go, go James J. Asher the second. You've made it to episode 50, my man, sitting here sometimes by yourself, sometimes not. Sometimes you have guests. But pretty pretty often, just sitting here by yourself, talking into a microphone, uh, and and looking at a camera, <laughs> like a fucking crazy person, and hoping maybe just maybe this show will reach out through the internet and touch your heart, your ears, your shart, your dry your tears, have no fears. Episode 50 is here. 
Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Episode 50 of that thing with James J. Asher II has landed in your lap. 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 Yeah, it's landed in your lap. It's landed in your lap. It's landed in your lap. It's a special song I made for you. I worked on it for... (laughs) 50 episodes. Well, um, by the time it came around about mm, 9.15, I said, you know what? I'm going to start getting ready. I'm going to start getting this podcast set up. I'm going to turn on my computer. I'm going to move the things I need to move out of the way so I can get my setup set up. And as I did that, I made sure to walk very uh, hard on the floor because this is an old building so you know it's old wood warped wood there's not a level spot on the floor or on the walls or on the ceiling this place is topsy-turvy it's a curvy wervy land man and uh, i walked very hard i made sure my heels i made sure i put all my weight all 133 pounds of me uh, into each step as it landed on the floor. Now, I wasn't pounding on the floor. I wasn't banging my heel or my fist against the floor, which I do. I I do that sometimes because he makes the noise very often, very often, very fucking often, late at night. And when he's drunk, he really loses concept of time. I'll knock on the door Like if I have to, if I've been pounding on the floor, nothing changes. I'll have to go downstairs and pound on the door and scream his name out. And he'll come over, obviously fucking plastered. And um, I'll have to say, hey, shut the fucking music down. It's 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. I have to work in the morning Other people have to work in the morning. The music is loud enough already. You don't need to blast it. I know you're not that fucking deaf. I know you're not that fucking deaf. Because I know how many times you have tried to fucking complain about me up here making noise. You know? Making shit up just because you want attention. You want fucking attention because you're alone. Perhaps you're alone because you're smoking crack and fucking plastered off of uh, like drinking a fucking Irish cream and that's it. No ice, no nothing like lukewarm room temperature, sugary, nasty fucking Irish cream and you're wasted off of it somehow and um, you're making noise and making noise and making noise. Perhaps it runs people off. Perhaps it pisses off your neighbors. So sometimes your neighbors have to pound on the floor. Well, this time I didn't even want to bother with that. I just walked with very heavy footfalls on the floor and uh, back and forth, you know, for 
a few minutes as I moved things from point A to point B and from point B to point A. And I got this podcast set up. And by the time I was ready to start getting room tone for the microphone, the music was suddenly quieter. I can still hear it, but it's at a reasonable level. Like I've been down there. I know I can barely hear it right now. I can barely hear it. And the bass certainly isn't bumping right now. But I know that it's plenty loud enough down there already. So there's really no need to blast the fucking bass, especially to start it at 8 p.m. and keep running it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate that he actually shut it off this time because sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he wants me to go downstairs and pound on the door very angry and um, act like he's just totally fucking oblivious and act like he's not doing anything wrong. Why? Because it's a chance for attention. Give me attention, please. Please, I'm going to pester the fuck out of you. I'm going to annoy the hell out of you. Just to piss you off so much that you will come downstairs and yell at me. And, you know, I actually haven't been alone all day today. <laughs> I've had friends over and we've been making all sorts of fucking noise. And that's why I'm drunk right now. I'm speaking as my downstairs neighbor, uh, hypothetically here. And that's why I've had friends over all day and that's why I'm drunk right now. But they're gone. And I'm so alone. I'm going to die alone. So I'm going to blast the fucking music so everyone knows I exist. And maybe, just maybe, the guy upstairs is going to come downstairs and yell at me. And then I will exist. I won't be alone anymore. God damn, I'm salty right now about so much. And it's making me thirsty. So I'll be right back. But before I go, I owe you a theme song. I'm going to say it instead of sing it out loud. Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you will know it because it's uh, coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress. Let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long. The change will happen soon. You will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. That thing, that thing, that thing with James. That's me. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. Boy, what a drama-filled week this has been. So, in the last episode, I was still feeling a bit ill, and I'm finally mostly over it. The fever's all gone, and um, my throat, it's mostly not scratchy. It gets a little scratchy now and then, but it's nothing a neti pot can't help. Um, neti pots where you pour, like, 
saline into one nostril and it comes out the other and it clears out your sinuses. Shit works. It, it works wonders. Um, well, what a drama filled week this has been. This week, I got a text message that said, fuck you, James. Fuck you, James. I haven't received a genuine fuck you in quite a while. And the funny thing is, I got the fuck you because I thought I was doing something good. I thought I was doing the right thing. But it turns out it pissed a person off. And they said, fuck you, James. Now, I want to tell this whole story, but I really don't want to. I'm, I'm certainly will never mention names on this show ever, period. I mean, that would just be really shitty. Um, and I don't want to be shitty any more than I guess I am um, inadvertently. Um, but I, I do want to share this story. So I'll try to put it because it's, it's kind of a funny story. I, I, I actually think it's a funny story. Um, other people might not think it's funny. Um, that's okay. You know, comedy is subjective. Comedy equals tragedy plus time. And it hasn't been a lot of time. So for, for some people, it's never enough time. For me, uh, time moves pretty quickly. So I, I generally try to find the humor in any horrible situation pretty soon because it's the best way for me to cope. Now, I mean, I, I, I will still, um, absorb, you know, I, before I move on to the humor part, I'm fucking shredded. I'm, you know, beaten to a pulp by any tragic situation. I process the emotions and stuff. It's just that I guess I've been through enough shit at this point uh, often inadvertently that at this point, um, I tend to process things falling apart pretty quickly because at a certain point, it's like beating yourself up, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. You, you should do that. That's part of like a grieving or just getting over a shit situation. It's part of the process. But the thing is, how long are you really supposed to do it? You, 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 you beat yourself up, you learn your lesson and then you move on because you got to live your life. That's how I feel. Um, now, I mean, it's subjective and for every, every situation is different, but this situation didn't leave anyone like really harmed or, or, you know, put in a permanently difficult situation in their lives. It's not like they're never going to be able to work or they're in the hospital. N nothing really serious happened, you know. It's just a, um, some little, um, some mixed up emotions, um, mixed communications. This whole thing, and I have been saying it for over a week, this whole problem that culminated in me getting a fuck you, James, was simply, uh, uh, to quote the, um, the boss, boss man from Cool Hand Luke, uh, 
What we have here is a failure to communicate. And I even said that a good number of days before things really fell apart. I said, we really need to communicate because our communication, the channels of communication right here have broken down. And I'm trying to set it up, but you're ignoring it. And matter of fact, you're not just ignoring it. You're getting very um, impatient and aggressive with me and insulting. So um, some people just want to be angry. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, if someone thinks they're angry about one thing, they're actually upset about another. But I'm not going to get into all that. Um, but let me start with this while back. I met up with my friend Liz, who's been on this show and I told her this situation I had about like me being recently single and then like getting onto dating apps for, well, the second time, but like on Tinder for the first time. And, um, and uh, like I matched with people pretty quickly. You can like swipe left or right. If you swipe right, that means you you like them. If that person happens to swipe right on your profile, because uh, uh, if they happen to swipe right, then it's a quote unquote match. And if you quote unquote match with someone, you can message back and forth with this person through the app. Um, and through that, you can exchange phone numbers. You do whatever you want. It's a little chat box, a little, uh, uh, direct message with another person that you matched with. Well, um, I matched with like a few people pretty quickly and they were all very, you know, attractive people. And they gave me compliments, um, like on my looks and stuff. And it was, it was great. I mean, I did not realize until, and this happened quickly, like within a matter of like a day or a few days, I like, I got, I got a match the first day on Tinder, just like within the first hour. And I was like, Oh my God, really? And I was getting compliments and stuff and it felt so good. It felt so fucking good because I had been already going through so much difficult stuff, uh, emotionally, just with all sorts of different things in my life going on, personal stuff I don't want to get into, um, with family and friends and lovers, blah, 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 blah. Really difficult, a really difficult time I was going through. And finally, I got on to the Tinder and I got matches and compliments and it felt so good. And I realized once I started getting compliments and feeling good, I got my swagger back. I got my mojo back. And I realized, well, I, I, I realized that I had not previously realized how low my self-esteem had gotten over a span of years when all of a sudden I got my mojo back, when I got my groove back, I was like, holy shit, this is a big part of me that I haven't had. And I haven't even realized it. Like many things have felt off in my life, but one big one that I didn't even occur to me was my swagger, my mojo. I lost it, but then I got it, which is great. 
So um, I matched with this one person, like, I believe also, it was on the second day. And uh, this person seemed really cool. I was like, oh, this is like, this person's my type. And they're saying I'm like their type. They said I was, they even reached out first and said, God damn, you're fine. And oh my God, I was like, oh, you're complimenting me? <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. I, do, I, did I, do I deserve this? Really? Thank you. <laughs> and so we chatted back and forth and then I had to like get back to work because I was just dicking around instead of doing my day job. And I was like, yo, I'd like to keep this up. Um, do you want to continue talking? I've got to go for now, but would you like to continue the conversation? And the person's, this young woman said, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. And I did work. And then like either later that day or maybe the next day, um, I got back onto Tinder and I sent a message and I was like, Hey, I'm not used to the Tinder thing. And this is all really kind of weird. Can I just give you my phone number if you want it? Um, here it is or something like that. I'm not even sure if I gave the phone. No, I didn't give the phone number because this was like my second match and I was still kind of nervous. So I was like, can I give you my phone number? And, uh, I didn't get a response for like a day or two during that day or two. Um, let's say it was two days. Um, I matched with another person and we started hitting it off. And that person was like very direct and was like, um, so I guess we should get a coffee. Yeah. Like after just a very brief exchange. And I was like, decisive. I like that. Absolutely. Should I give you my phone number? And this, this other young woman was like, actually, um, let me just give you mine. And I got the phone number and I texted it and it was real. And we started texting back and forth and just, uh, just talking for like days. Um, and we clicked really, really, really well. Like, like uh, this person was like, uh, like I've, I, I, I've rarely clicked with a person like this, this well before. And I was like, this is really fucking lucky. This is really gosh darn lucky. Gosh darn lucky. Well, maybe later that day or maybe earlier the next day, um, let's, let's call them gal one and gal two. Gal one is the one that I connected with first and then hadn't heard from for a couple days. And then gal two was the one who I got the number whose number I got pretty quickly and started texting with. And, um, well, the next day I, I go back and check Tinder and I've got a message from gal two and she's like, Oh my God. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, at, I was busy with work and I forgot to reply, but yeah, here's my number. And so I got her number and we, uh, and I texted it and sure enough, it was real too. And she texted back like, Hey, handsome. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is the fucking best. I'm getting compliments. Like, and these were both very attractive, very attractive ladies. And, um, and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening to me right now. This is fucking great. Um, and so I texted with this person and with, with gal one and she said, small world. Um, my friend 
showed me uh, this one dude's uh, Tinder profile and was like, is this not the finest guy you've ever seen? And it's you. It was your profile. And I said, whoa, are you, are you kidding me? That's awesome. Wow. And, uh, and then I was like, okay, I was going to the grocery store and I was like, okay, I got a, I've got this line in my head and it's just funny. And I want to say it just because it's funny. Um, and it's also sort of like a half, half true suggestion maybe, but I said it was because it was funny. So I said, all right, um, I've trying really hard not to say this, but the door's open and I think this is a great line. So I have to say it. Um, sorry if this offends you in any way, but I think this is a funny line. And I said, well, if you and your friend, um, oh, wait, if you and your friend think I'm so fine, would it not be rude of you to, to not share me? <laughs> and gal one was like, well, what do you mean? Now, I don't know if she was playing coy or if it was just a failure on my part to <laughs> you know, state it clearly enough. And I said, it was, uh, I'm sorry, it was a failed attempt on my part to be funny. Um, um, sometimes my humor can be a little bit abrasive. Uh, it was a joke about you and your friend um, sharing me. And, and Gal one was like, oh, don't worry. I... <laughs> I've got a, I've got a sense of humor. And I was like, okay, thank God. Um, and I get my groceries, I go home and I get the idea of like, Hey, I wonder if these ladies are on Instagram or something. And sure enough, they were. And sure enough, they appeared in each other's pictures. And that's when I realized, wait, the friend, the gal one was talking about, is gal too, the one that I've been talking to for like half a day already. <gasps> They're best friends. And so I messaged them both after I confirming that like, wait, 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 are you two best friends? And sure enough, they were. And I was, <laughs> I don't know how this happens, but it happened. And so I told them both like, Hey, 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 I matched with your friend. Hey, Hey, uh, gal one, I matched with your friend, gal two, I matched with your friend. Um, this is what's going on. I just want to be upfront with all this stuff. I'm talking to both of you just so you know. And, and gal one was like, or, or gal two was like, Oh, that's very upfront of you. Very honest. And that's a big green flag. Good job. I, I, I appreciate that. And that makes me like you even more. I was like, oh, that's great. Awesome. And then gal one was like, yeah, um, it seems you and my friend are hitting it off. So I'm going to back off. It's cute what you two have going on already. Um, and so I just kept talking to gal two. And um, well, I just want to, you know, it, 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 it was good. And I found myself at certain points thinking something's got to be wrong with this. Something ain't right here. This is too good to be true. Is this too good to be true? Or has 2020 really come through for me? Um, have I truly locked out with this person who's like 
a great match so far. Um, and, and I said as much to my friend Liz when I met her for coffee, um, like a day before I was supposed to meet Gal too for the first time. Like we were supposed to meet for a coffee date, the coffee date that she suggested very early on when we matched. And, um, and I told Liz this whole story and what I was thinking about it, ideas that, you know, implications, just impressions that I got from the entire situation of these two friends and us matching. And I, there, there were uh, certain um, impressions that I got from certain things that were said that I'm not going to get into too, too much detail about. Um, but I told Liz about this and, and she jumped to a, an impression that I had before I even mentioned it. She was like, Oh, so do you think this? And I was like, that's exactly what I thought. And, and my friend Liz was like, James, only you would manage to somehow land into a situation like this after just getting out of a six year relationship. And she's right. Somehow only I, James J. Asher II, who just sort of bumbles. If I'm a tarot card, it's the zero or, or the one, depending on the deck. I'm the fool. I'm Mr. Magoo. I'm just blindly stumbling my way through life and somehow end up in um, uh, interesting situations that make for interesting stories. Somehow that happens. So Liz was right. Only I would manage to land in a situation like that. And looking back in retrospect, after everything that has happened over the past couple weeks, it's true. After the fuck you, James, and everything that fell apart, only I would manage to get in this situation. I will continue to the story after this quick water break. I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> now, before I get any further, I, I just want to clarify that um, I had no intention of getting into anything at all when I got onto, uh, onto Tinder. I got on there with no intention of putting in anything, anything much, and I... 100% did not expect to get anything out of it. So that the surprise of like the matches and the compliments I got and the sudden uh, resurgence, the, um, the mojo coming back to me, it was really unexpected. Like all of this was completely unexpected because it's like, look, I just got out of a long thing and I just, you know, I'm trying to adjust to life. I'm just doing this, uh, the Tinder thing for fun. And I started having fun with it. Like with the swipes, it was like, it's kind of like a video game. I was just having fun. And, um, and then I wound up in this situation where I matched with these two people who are friends, uh, good, very good friends. And I'm talking to one of them and you know, completely unexpected. We start clicking and clicking and clicking on like everything. And it starts looking like, wait, 
could this be a soulmate or something? I think there's multiple soulmates. I don't think, you know, and I don't say this to disparage any previous relationships I've had at all in any way, shape or form. I think each person that you find a connection with is, is different. And I believe there are multiple people that one will find a connection with throughout their lives. Um, whether they choose to stick with one for the rest of their lives or not. I mean, that's entirely subjective, but you know, I, I had no intention of like upsetting anybody or anything. I was just like I mentioned before the break, just kind of Mr. Magooing my way through life. Uh, and Mr. Magooing my way through this entire situation. And, um, but Gal Tu and I started clicking and it was like, this is like way too, too good of a, a connection to just be mere coincidence. I think like, this is one of these people where it's like, I think maybe we were supposed to meet, like we were destined to meet. And sure enough, I think so. But I also... I also choose to believe that every interaction you have, even in passing, is meant to happen. You know, we exist in this reality that that barely exists, you know, as far as like material, just the fact that we are living organisms with language and stuff like that, the mathematical chances of just existing in general are so, so slight. And if you were to look at existence as if it were like an equation, it would have to have a, you know, pretty fucking clear solution, a pretty clear proof. Otherwise, the equation doesn't work. And if the equation doesn't work, uh, and if the equation is is reality, is existence, um, then existence would cease to exist, right? So I think everything happens uh, everything that happens is exactly what's supposed to happen. And I think me and Galtu um, were supposed to happen. We met, and I even said as much. And there was an agreement. And we were both just kind of like, we got very enthusiastic because that was one of the things we connected on is that we're, you know, very open hearts and very enthusiastic about life and 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 loving everybody and everything and and we kind of got swept up <laughs> just just to keep everything in general here we we got swept up and um we by the time uh the day comes around that we're supposed to meet for the coffee date we've already talked about so much stuff we've already talked about everything that we could have possibly you know talked about um in a few dates so we just decided to go you know um, I, I go visit, I, I went to visit her place and we shook hands and talked and shook hands. Um, and then I left and, and, uh, felt like the connection got even deeper and we were chatting and stuff. And it was like, Hey, um, come over this Friday, spend the night. Um, and you know, it was a long week leading up to that. And I had to um, 
talk and because I, I wasn't being fully open about this whole part of my life with um, someone very um, close and important to me uh, on every level. Um, so that wasn't, it, it was difficult because I didn't want to like hurt anyone's feelings. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, that's, that's not me. I don't want to manipulate. So I try to find whatever is the most tactful way to go through and live my life and be true to myself while also at the same time, not, um, cause any undue harm to anyone else. I don't want to hurt anyone else. Um, just, you know, some people it's, how do I describe this? My experience in life is kind of like what some people don't experience until the first time they take Molly or, or ecstasy MDMA, where they just feel like this love. And it's like, I don't want to hurt anything. That's me sober. I'm rolling sober. All right. So I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to love everybody and I want everyone to love each other and everyone to get along because it just makes sense. And it makes life so much easier to not cause undue or, 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 or needless stress and drama. I don't want that. I just want everyone to get along and be happy and love one another. So, and, and sometimes I get, I get a little mixed up and think maybe this will be the best way to do this without, you know, breaking that, so to speak. I hope this is making some sort of sense. Um, well, come Friday, I go to Gal 2's place and um, we hang out and we just, uh, we shake hands and talk and I, I make dinner. I bring over dinner actually. Um, and I get a meal cooked and it was just a great, um, meeting in, in conversation with another person. And, uh, and then we went our separate ways. I went home, um, and gal too and I continued, um, texting back and forth and something felt a little distant now after we like spent one night together um i knew something like gal too was um she got in her head understandably so i get it i get into my head too quick story to illustrate this um I, when I was in grad school, I was living in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and uh, I, I was dating this like hippie gal at the time. And she would always tell me, uh, you think too much, you think too much. And, and this is like peak anxiety for me, like all through grad school, my anxiety was red alert, you know, uh, just bad the whole fucking time, the depression and the anxiety. It was just really bad. So yeah, I was definitely thinking too much. Um, but also maybe X back in Stillwater, maybe you weren't thinking enough. I think it's a little bit of both. I was thinking too much. You weren't thinking enough. Um, no insult, just saying, just saying, that's what was going on. Well, 
um, me and my ex, let's call her, um, oh God, what's that woman's name? Um, Jesus Christ, James, names. She was that singer from the 60s, me and my Bobby McGee. Um, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Janice Joplin. Let's call her Janice Joplin or just Janice because when I first met her, I was at a party at a friend's apartment and I was really fucking high on a pot brownie. And I saw Janice sitting out, uh, or my Janice sitting out on the balcony, smoking cigarettes and cutting up. And she had this wild hair and just this whole hippie awesome vibe. And in my completely baked mind, I was just like, is that Janice Joplin? Well, I didn't think it was really Janice Joplin, but I was like the whole vibe, the whole look. I'm like, she looks like Janice Joplin. And I talked and we hit it off and ended up dating. And, um, well, one day she said that there was this like flea market owned by this like, uh, old, um, married, couple from China. And apparently the woman was psychic. Like she could see your soul. She could see the truth of your soul. And, um, so Janice wanted to go check the place out one weekend, like on a Saturday. So we go there and we check it out and we're looking around the flea market, but Janice is really there because she really wants to talk to the psychic lady. And, um, so we find her and there's all sorts of like Christian stuff up <laughs> everywhere. And, um, and Janice talks to the old lady and says, I hear you have a, a gift. Um, can we ask you to, to use it on us? And the lady, little tiny old lady was like, yes, yes. And she looked Janice up and down and said, Oh, you're a good girl. You're a very, very good girl. And I'm standing there just with my shitting grin that I have on my face most of the time in my entire life. And I was like, what about me? And the lady looks me up and down and gets a scowl on her face and says, you have the devil in you and storms away. You have the devil in you. And so Janice and I leave the flea market and I was just like, I have the devil in me what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And Janice just says, you don't really have the devil in you. She was just, it's just that, uh, what she means is like, you think too much. And I said, I think too much. What the fuck does that mean? So, um, I understand when, what it's like to get into one's head. Uh, and gal too kind of got into her head and understandably so, uh, there were some things to process because I was the first man, uh, she had associated with in a number of years. Um, she's mostly been with women and, um, has a bit of a fluid identity in that way, which I respect. And, um, but she had to process because I was the first man and she didn't really think that she could ever connect with the man the way she was connecting with me. And, um, and then it just kind of got worse from there. Um, just like before where there was really, really great, a really great level of 
communication, like very clear, mature, direct, impeccable communication, um, the communication started breaking down and I would try to communicate back and little by little, you know, topic by topic, the communication broke down and I could see this person was starting to distance themselves. And they even said, yo, this was working for me before, but now this is like, um, not working for me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. That was not my intention at all to, you know, cause you any kind of, you know, stress or discomfort. And she said, I know, I know it's not your fault. I know you mean well. Um, but let's just cool it on like, uh, the dirty talk for now. And I was like, okay, which before it was, it was a lot of dirty talk and it's great because I love dirty talk and, um, and I'm good at it, at it. Um, I have a very, very, um, colorful imagination. Let's, let's leave it at that. Leave that at that at least. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, we'll cool it. And, and I said, thank you for communicating that with me instead of just, you know, ghosting. And, she, and then I got a weird vibe cause she didn't really reply to the ghosting thing. And then I mentioned again, I was, and I'd mentioned it to her before I was like, I've got a, for some reason, I don't know why, but I've got a bit of a history with, um, women who generally don't go for men. And before she was like, no, yeah, yeah. But it's true. I've, you know, I've, you know, women who are into women sometimes are into me. And I, I somehow, like, I don't do it intentionally, just sort of naturally gravitate toward women who, who like women. And I'm not saying exclusively, it's just, it's happened enough that I feel it's okay to say it's a, it's a recurring thing for me, a recurring theme. And, um, so I mentioned it again. Um, once the distance started happening between, uh, me and gal two and well, actually between gal two and me, because I was trying to close the distance and say, yo, let's communicate. Cause I can feel you drifting away. Um, and you've clearly got some concerns. Let's talk about it. And I wouldn't get a response. And when I mentioned the thing again, that I forgot that I mentioned to her before about like, you know, I've got a bit of a history with, you know, women who were into women and then them kind of getting into me for a little bit. And she got really short and was like, yeah, you told me about that. I know. Um, and she just started getting a little more and more short with me out of nowhere. And I could just feel it all. And I was like, I know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on because I've been here before. Um, I was the guy to confirm. Nope, nope, nope. I'm actually into women in the, uh, the other woman's mind. This is not the first time this has happened. It's happened like almost, you know, four times. It's happened to me about four times where I was the guy who confirmed, um, a lesbian's lesbianism so to speak. I, I hope I'm using kosher language here. Again, I, I'm naturally rolling. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, but 
I knew that was going on. And, but then I wasn't sure as well, because I started having a bunch of questions of my own and started getting into my own head because she was being distant and not actually answering questions that I was asking. And instead getting very short and rude with me and saying like, I feel like I made myself pretty clear, but for some reason, uh, uh, feel like the message keeps getting missed. And I tried to say like, well, it's because you're saying one thing and doing another. And even the things you're saying themselves are mixed messages, but coupled with your behavior, that's even more of a mixed message. So right now I'm extremely confused and I asked very specific questions for very specific reasons. Um, and I didn't get answers to those questions ever. I still haven't gotten answers to those specific questions. Um, and some of them were pretty innocuous, you know, but, um, I asked them for a reason. I'm a, I'm a damn good communicator. Um, I have practice. I studied this shit. Um, not, not to boast too much, but I'm a good communicator. I certainly hope. And if I'm not, um, I'm good at, trying to figure out when I've done a poor job of communicating and trying to fix that to make sure the point is clear, to make sure everyone's on the same page. Uh, and we just were not on the same page, Gal 2 and I. And it got worse and worse. And then eventually she just stopped talking altogether. Well, at first, uh, there was no talking. And I was like, all right, that's it. Um, and then I get a message out of the blue and I'm thinking, okay, maybe we're coming back, mending this bridge of communication, but uh, it ended up being like, James, I can't do this. And, uh, or I don't think I can do this. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, if you want to talk about it, I'd like to talk about it. You can call or text. Or if you just want to call this all off completely, that would suck. But you do what you need to do. Um, and then I was talking to a friend about it and they're like, what? That's so out of the blue. You guys were connecting so well, like a few days ago. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty uh, sudden, but I, I, I understand there's some other things at play here and I want to respect that and not, you know, be too pushy or come off as clingy, which I thought I was because I was just trying to communicate, but I wasn't like hounding this person. I wasn't like stalking them. Um, I was just trying to make some kind of communication because I know what happens when communication breaks down. Well, finally I was like, upon a friend's suggestion was like, Hey, um, text is way too ripe for misunderstanding. And I think that we've got a lot of that going on right now where we're kind of talking past each other and maybe talking about the same thing. Um, so I would really like to talk in person. Would you like to get some coffee? And Gal2 said, yes, I would like that a lot. Um, I just need to process some things, but I think talking in person would really help. And then radio silence. I'll continue after this quick break. I think this might be a longer episode, but I'll continue after this break. And I'm back. Let's wrap this story up. Um, if you hear slurping, it's because I'm drinking some uh, IBC black cherry cola. I am not sponsored by them, but fuck, it is tasty. And I needed some sweet, sweet sugar. <laughs> Mm. 
So the radio silence came, but not until after Galtu said, yes, I think meeting in person is a good idea. I would like to do that. Um, I'm out with Gal one right now. So we will discuss later. And I said, okay, well, I didn't say anything at all. I just left it at that because I didn't want to encroach on any space. I wanted to give space because it was obviously needed. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I gave space for five days. I didn't hear anything. Um, but Gal two, the one who I was waiting to hear back from was watching my Instagram stories because, well, for my day job, I work in social media and I know how to, you know, I track, it's just a good habit of mine for, it's a good habit for anyone who's into like self branding. If you're like a freelance or whatever, you're, you're, you're your own brand. Now, how involved you are in your own brand is up to you. I, I'm fairly involved. I'm not like crazy involved. I don't hand out business cards or anything. I probably should, but, um, you know, I'm checking the views on my Instagram stories, you know, the 24 hour videos. And she was watching every single one. And I found that a bit odd. It's like, okay, this person wants space, but they're clearly thinking about me because they're clearly watching every single video I made. And I found that even more confusing. You know, I was just getting more and more confused. And I started thinking stuff of like all the connection we had before. Was that even real? Because this person just kind of got part of distancing themselves. Whereas uh, Gal2 got pretty fucking rude with me. Not going to lie. Like kind of insulting. Um, and I tried not to take it personally because I understand, you know, people don't act the best way when they feel, you know, emotionally mixed up. And, um, so I was giving the benefit of the doubt for everything, even though I was having questions and the whole time I'm thinking, I, I knew what the ending was going to be. I knew what it was going to be. Um, and meanwhile, just like days, days in, even, even before there was radio silence, I started thinking, you know what, uh, after, you know, kind of coming down after getting swept up in this thing, I honestly think in, in my head, these thoughts were just occurring to me, like gal one, the one who, who backed off the friend, I was like, maybe I would actually click better with her because this one um, it's clearly not working out. And I clearly, as much as I don't want to admit it to myself, it's not going to work out in the long run. Whereas I feel like Gal one and I probably would have been a better match all together. Maybe not, not to say that there was no match, not to insult or disparage anybody, but that's, that was the thought occurring in my head. Um, but I just, you know, set that aside and I kept waiting for a response from Gal 2, 
uh, but getting none yet. She was watching every single Instagram video. So it's like, okay, so this person is not totally like forgot. She's not totally forgotten about me clearly. Um, but why am I not hearing anything back? So by day four, I just say, uh, like in the morning, I send a text just saying, Hey, um, I'm ready to meet and talk whenever you are. And I get no response. And yet I put more videos out and she watches those. So it's like, did she get the message? Is she intentionally avoiding me? What's going on? Like I even bought this person a ticket to go see one of my favorite bands. And it's was kind of expensive for me. I mean, and there are non-refundable tickets too. I've got two tickets. I got one for her because she told me, you know, I said, can I buy you a ticket? And she said, when is it? And I told the date and she was like, I'm free. Yeah. Get me a ticket. And I was like, okay, great. And in my head, when I was doing, I was thinking, this will be great. Um, we can mend this, whatever uh, distance, whatever weirdness is going on here. Um, things will smooth over and we can go see a concert and have a great time together. Um, well, I still had this ticket and I'm thinking like, it's fucking unrefundable, non-refundable. Anyway, um, I'm salty about that. Um, yeah, I, I found that kind of insulting, but, uh, I understand people don't think clearly sometimes, so I don't hold any grudge about it or anything, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully a lesson is learned there. At least for me, the lesson has been learned. Education can be expensive. Well, uh, I didn't hear anything back yet. She was watching my stuff. And so the next day I send another message saying in the morning and I'm like, Hey, um, I real I'm going to try this one more time. I really would like to meet for coffee. Please let me know if you want to talk. And I don't hear anything, nothing back yet. She's still watching the videos that I was putting out after I reached out. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so confusing. And I just go about my day and I'm feeling terrible. I'm beating myself up. Like what the fuck did I do to run this person off? What the fuck did I do? Mm. <sighs> Sorry, I had to take a drink. And um, I'm getting no answers. I've got no clue what's going on. Ooh, deja vu. Weird. Um, <laughs> deja vu for sure. Um, so then at 1230 that night, I get a message. As I'm, I'm laying down to go to sleep, I get a message on my phone, a text message. I look, and it's Gal2. And it says, James, um, I'm really not into men, so I can't date you. Um, I did come to care about you as a person, and I still do. And that was it. And so I texted back, 
I get it. Um, I've thought that was, I figured that's probably what was going on and I get it. Um, and thank you for telling me. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, uh, at all, but thank you. And I respect that. And, um, I was like, can we be friends? I, I still care for you too. And I understand if I think you're a really cool person. Um, and I'd like to be your friend still, if you'd like to be my friend also, um, because I've been wanting to ask this stuff anyway. Um, and, and communication had been hard to come by. I was like, so I want to ask this and please don't take it as me being reactionary in any way. I'm just really curious. Um, why did you, um, pursue anything with me in the first place? And then in parentheses, I put, I'm sure you're probably asking yourself that too. I was just curious. That's all. There was no salt or beef, <laughs> no salted beef behind my question there. Um, and then I was like, there was one final, one final question. And I figured, okay, I had such good communication with this person before and they were so understanding and mature and everything with me. Um, maybe the communication breakdown was just some weird anomaly because of the uh, internal um, conflict she was, might have been having over me. I, I, I really don't know what was going on because there was no communication. So I said, okay, I normally would never conceive of asking the question I'm about to ask of a, of a woman who's just rejected me. But given that this situation is one of your sexuality, um, at least in the parentheses, at least I hope that's all this is because that's kind of what I'm hinging this entire thing on. Um, I was wondering if perhaps you had any friends who might be interested in me. Um, just think of it as a friend giving a friend a professional recommendation. That's it. Um, and I honestly didn't and really don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's a pretty mature question. If it's like, okay, you... You like me as a person, but not romantically uh, due to sexuality. I respect that. Um, and I think it would be okay for me to ask then, you know, if I'm single and ready to mingle, I think it would be okay to ask a person like, hey, if you're not into me in that way, maybe you could help me out. Like, because you like me as a person, so you like me as a friend, maybe you could help me out with this. Um, I thought that was a fair question. And, and I asked some other friends of mine too, after I did that, and I was like, do you think it's a fair question? And they thought so too. Like even my ex thought, yeah, that's actually a good idea. That was a good question. It was pretty bold and brave of you and mature of you to ask something like that. Um, I had a few lady friends who, back me up on that. So just saying, I wasn't just like talking to my dude bros and they were like, yeah, man, that makes sense. No, there were other women who were like saying, yeah, 
that's totally fine. That, that makes sense. Now, when I asked that, I was kind of thinking of when I asked a gal too about if she had any recommendations, I was thinking maybe possibly, um, she would condone, um, me reigniting conversation with her friend gal one, because we already had the connection before I even connected with gal two. All right. And, um, and I wasn't at this point, I was already uh, kind of just like, I, I, I'd already been fed up because I just really, there's no reason to not communicate. I, I it's difficult for me when people refuse to communicate um, and then get kind of short and rude. Uh, that's, that's uncalled for. And that was not my, not, not, not my fault that, and on that not my problem. Um, well, I had gone so many days without hearing from Galtu that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to hear from her at all. So tomorrow I'm going to message gal one and reach out and say, Hey, and so I did just that. And I, I was waiting and you know, I, if I got a message from gal two at 1230, she was clearly up and awake and never replied to any of my questions at all. Um, and so I was just thinking, I'm just not going to hear back from this person. And that's kind of rude and insulting, but I'm still going to give this person the benefit of the doubt. So the next day, kind of earlier in the day, I send gal one, the original match, a connection, a, a, a text message saying, Hey, um, just so you know, me and gal two aren't doing this thing anymore. She said, uh, it was because, well, she's not into guys and seeing as this is a matter of sexuality, I think it would be okay for me to ask if you, if, uh, if I could start kind of talking to you now, of course, you would need to talk to gal too about this. I would want you to talk to her about this. Um, and I understand this is a peculiar situation, but if you're interested, I I'd like to talk to you. Well, I didn't get a response and I was thinking, okay, cool. They're, they're talking it out. Mature conversation. <laughs> well, the day goes by day goes by. Um, by about like 4 p.m. or so, I got a text message from Gal too. And it was, fuck you, James. And oh, <laughs> oh I told my, my lady friends about it and they were not happy. They were like, a person needs to get over themselves. And I was like, was that inappropriate of me to ask, especially given the, the, uh, the context of everything in this mixed up muddled situation. And, uh, I have multiple lady friends who say, um, I was totally in the clear. I was not asking anything untoward or, or anything. And, um, but then I get another message a bit later from gal two saying, uh, well, like a few hours later, I get another message saying, um, I will 
find you a girlfriend. Just don't you go sliding into my girl's DMs, bruv. And at that point, kind of pissed me off. I, I was really pissed off at that point. I was like, you know, I've tried so hard to be civil and give you so much benefit of so much doubt. And I reached out to ask if you wanted to be friends or whatever. And so I sent a long text message saying, um, just basically give me a, given a piece of my mind saying like, yo, I'm not sliding into her DMS. I texted her on her phone number because I already had it from previously because I had this idea you know, I, I got this impression from the situation and the fact that I already had her number further enforced this impression that I had from this situation that it was okay to talk. Um, and that it might be, you know, uh, it makes sense that my instinct is, is true, is accurate. And, uh, so I said that and I was like, and I told her to talk to you because I wanted to keep everything honest and upfront. Um, and and I would have asked you that directly too, but I didn't want to, given the fact that you've been um, distant and cold all of a sudden without any explanation. And then you got mean and rude and insulting with me. And I was just, I thought this was like a good constructive solution. Like you, you figured out your thing but you want me to be happy and you want your friend to be happy because I, well, in my, in my eyes, I thought there was a connection there. And so, uh, I figured that would be okay. And the reason I didn't mention her directly to you was because I didn't know how you were going to react to it. So I took what seemed to me like the most, um, Oh, what word did I use? The most tactful um, way of doing something that I genuinely believed, um, was an okay, good, positive solution for everybody. Happy ending for all. I want everyone to love each other and communicate and connect and be good and happy. Um, but after the fuck you and everything, clear, you don't want to be a friend. So, you know, I hope you, can understand my reluctance to accept a pity match. And then that was that. And I get a message back saying, too long, didn't read. Uh, regardless, whatever, you don't ask a question like that and then reach out to my best friend, um, especially before I have even had a chance to reply to you, which again, I had no idea if I was ever going to get a response. And, uh, you know, yeah, sure. There's context to this situation and I don't think I violated anything really. Um, but I understand maybe in her eyes I did. All right. But, uh, I'm a man of action. I'm, um, Alpha Bukaki Steve McQueen. I have the heart of a honey badger, the blood of a tiger. Hashtag winning. Um, basically, I've gone through so much of my life just thinking instead of doing, instead of acting, and then regretting not acting. So instead, this time I just acted. And I did that. Um, 
So yeah. Uh, but yeah, Galtu was like, I will read whatever you wrote whenever I have time. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And then she stopped watching my shit on Instagram. And so the next morning I sent a message to Gal one saying, Hey, I am really embarrassed and I'm so sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. I had only the best of intentions. Um, and I didn't want to cause any discomfort for you or your friend. Um, that's, that's it. And then I got, a message back from her later saying, I completely understand. And, um, no, no hard feelings, but I think it's best. We probably shouldn't talk. And I said, yeah, I, I respect that. And, uh, so here we are. And, uh, I'm Mr. Magoo. <laughs> um, closing thoughts, closing thoughts. If, oh, if you want to come see a really fucking awesome show with me, uh, this band is called Metronomy. They're really good. They're going to be playing at the Scoot Inn on Wednesday, February 26th. I think doors open at like eight or something. I have an extra ticket. You want to be my date? I'd love to have you. Let me know. Um, you can, you can always slide into my DMs because I'm on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher. Or if you want to send me an email, you can hit me up at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. And if you just want to help a brother out in general, donate to the show. You can donate as little as a dollar. Um, you can donate through my Patreon, patreon.com slash thatthingwithjames. And uh, I've got a website, jamesjasher.com. Uh, let's see what else. What else? If you're listening to this on like iTunes, please rate and review. If you're listening in general and you haven't done so already, subscribe to my show. And if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my channel. Uh, like the videos you like. Write a comment. And for all of you, share the show with your friends. I love you all so much. Uh, and you better believe it because I'm naturally rolling right now. I'm peaking so hard on this black cherry soda. Um, I'll be back next week with episode 51 and, you know, pending any more, uh, unavoidable weirdness in my life. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye.